This is Adam Leonard, and I welcome you to the Soul Growth Podcast, where you come to nourish your mind, body, and soul. Let's take a deep dive together into the depths of human experience to break free from limitations, unleash hidden potential, and grow into the greatest version of yourself so you can live your best life. So, today's episode is going to be my first interview. Now, as you know, I work as a soul growth coach, where I focus on empowering people to break free from mediocrity and limitation, and to grow into their full potential by embracing the incredible power within, their authentic soul. It's also a passion of mine to talk to like-minded souls with a similar mission. So today, I'm going to be talking to an amazing, inspiring woman called Sarah Olson, who has been on an incredible journey to become an entrepreneur and business coach. So let's get to know her. So Sarah, thank you, first of all, for being here on my very first interview. And uh, it's almost like a breath of fresh air to, to finally get the interview actually going. So where I want to start, first of all, is just to get people to understand who you are, what your background is, and what led you into coaching and becoming a, you know, a business coach as such. Okay. Well, hi, Adam. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to obviously share the space and, and my story. So, yeah, I mean, I guess looking back, um, I always felt like I was different, like I was living on the periphery lens of my reality, really. Experiencing my life events unfold from the signed lines, I never really felt I was truly in the moment. And in my early teens in particular, um, I went through a complicated series of personal life events and, and traumas, really. And I don't want to go into too much detail, but they were challenging. They were raw. Um, it was a difficult journey to navigate, really. And I often felt quite alone quite isolated like no one really understood but I guess I kind of longed them to but never really felt they did felt like a little bit of a black sheep like I didn't belong I didn't quite fit in um, and I became very very self-aware from this point and um, you know I felt quite exposed but I was always adapting and adjusting my personality um, I guess my identity as well uh, the way I spoke the way I'd respond the way I'd behave I was always seeking acceptance, really, um, from others. I wanted to fit in. I kind of wanted to be a part of something. Um, and I put a lot of pressure on myself over the years. Um, I realised, looking back, that it was this was totally unrealistic perfectionism, really. Um, I didn't allow myself any room for forgiveness or compassion uh, in, in my mistakes. I, you know felt I had to conform to societal expectations. Um, but over the years, I was creating an identity person I wanted to become. I didn't actually know who that was. So it was more a process of evolution. Uh, and again, you know, over the years, I kind of worked tirelessly to find that identity that felt like a comfortable fit. And it wasn't really until I became a mother, uh, a wife, and then a businesswoman. Um, huge milestones in my life, really, where I felt I became the creator of something almost external to myself um, and I felt more in control than I ever had be before. I felt more alive. I felt more um, empowered. 
Um, and I soon found, found that this power was actually ambition. Um, and it became an ambitious mindset for my identity. And, and that was all around business, really. Business had kind of led me there. That was the thing um, that kind of was my beacon, really. And I went on from there. Um, my first year of dating my now husband, we built a, a business. We built a business plan, a marketing plan from scratch. We scaled a six-figure uh, turnover photography studio in a luxury farmhouse. Wow. And then that led me to finding flexibility and freedom for my family and setting up my own remote business support company that allowed me to be more present for my second child. Fast forward to the present day, uh, I'm now running a successful holiday let um, in North Wales alongside um, coaching fellow holiday let owners um, through my coaching and mentoring programs and helping them to navigate that sense of overwhelm um, struggling to find clarity and confidence as well and all of this again very much tied up in you know other people's identities of themselves just like I experienced and like I guess what's fair to say is that over the years I built up quite a bit of resilience along the way um, and transformed as I say my mindset and my business proficiency um, did have lots of ups lots of downs um, but you know that's all part of business it keeps you learning it keeps you growing I've had 18-hour tireless days. I've skipped meals. I've put my self-care last. I've been stuck in that place between burnout and balance. But I think overall, um, yeah, that's kind of my journey from, you know, finding my identity and sense of self to finding the ambition and power within within business, really. So that's been my journey. Like I say, it's, it's an incredible journey. And, you know, literally just me hearing you working through all of that and feeling sort of, you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, feeling like a bit lost trying to find your identity. And I think many people listening to this could relate to that process of going, you know, I I kind of don't, I'm trying to fit in, which is like the thing that resonated with me, what you said there, like trying to fit in, trying to, trying to figure out in a way, what way to, to push myself. And a lot of people get lost on their way to that. But, you know, what I hear overall there is this determined spirit. You know, there's innovation inside you that has become like incredibly resourceful. And you you mentioned there that you you kind of felt a little bit like a you know, a black sheep slightly. You that was one of the things that uh, that I remember sort of shining out and what made you feel slightly different to your to your siblings you know what was the you know what you know do you think that something to do with your upbringing cultivated this sort of uh, spirit that you have that kind of ability to persevere and to to make yourself or turn yourself into this successful coach and sort of business entrepreneur yeah i think i had quite a complicated um series of events as I briefly touched on before and I think I definitely felt like I was kind of dealt the short straw of life so to speak in my, in my early teens and had a complicated family um tree family history really and I guess I always felt like I always had to prove myself um prove my worth you know prove my place in this world um so I think probably from those life events it felt like really a flame was lit inside of me and um, this kind of flame to push forward. And, and I kind of found my voice and my, 
you know, this burning flame, so to speak, in, in moments where I'd be sticking up for other people, I'd be their voice if they didn't feel able to. And it came out of nowhere somewhere. And it was very in contrast to my personality, which is quite meek and mild and, and polite and well-mannered. Um, but then now and again, these situations would happen where this almost like this lioness would come out of me, um, this power. So it was always there and it, it you know, it would start to manifest in, in certain ways in certain situations. So I guess that's potentially, you know, where it came from, I guess. I like that, the lioness that sort of came from within as such. That's a, that's a unique one. I know we've talked before, but that I love that phrase of the lioness came from within and triggered in essence by you know standing up for people or wanting to empower people and i think where i was going with my initial question was coming from a psychological background or at least you know studying psychology is that kind of the skinner's mentality is that we are kind of shaped by our environment as being a you know one philosophy on how we create an identity and that some people could look and go right well you know you're successful because you have been brought up to think successfully right you've been you've got lots of successful people around you so you know um that must be something that cultivated that and you know you with you kind of going well actually you know i felt a little bit like a black sheep i i, I kind of uh, wasn't quite my normal personality you know I'm kind of digging here a little bit into, you know, where that fight came from. And the, I think what I'm hearing from you to some degree is that something that wasn't what you considered yourself to be, like you, you almost used, I was kind of like meek and mild a little bit there. Something else came out. And this is where I was kind of wondering whether that sort of, feeling of being a bit of a black sheep or a bit different actually contributed to a different side of yourself, you know, in a way. So I feel like I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper here just for the audience to kind of go, well, you know, in, in what way do you feel, did you feel like you were different? And in what way do you think that led to you developing like a, a kind of determination in a way? Yeah, I guess looking back, I kind of became what I'd needed, if that makes sense. I felt like I had to become that that strength and that support that I'd maybe been looking for through those traumatic life events where I felt that was maybe lacking for me that I needed in, in those moments. Um, and, you know, for, from different perspectives as well, I mean, through school, I found, you know, revising and exams didn't come naturally to me at all. You know, revising didn't come naturally to me. I'd try all different ways, get very visual, have post-its laid all around my wall. Um, you know, I really had to work twice as hard as everyone else. You know, even, you know, in recent years, I've done 10K runs. They didn't come naturally to me at all. Um, always struggled with my breathing um, and my anxiety really probably is what was behind that but I always had to work twice as hard at everything I did and um, put twice as much the effort in prove myself twice as hard I wasn't one of those who just got recognized you know just for being themselves I had to prove myself and I think that's kind of been a lifelong 
quest really for you know to prove myself and to prove it to myself that I can achieve the things I set out to do. Yeah, the, it's interesting that as I'm listening to you here, that the principle that life is hard, I think this is like a, I think it's a quote from Jordan Peterson actually that said that, you know, life is hard. You know, when a, anything worthwhile is going to be hard, right? So, you know, choose your hard, right? And, you know, whatever, whatever passion or direction that anyone wants to go down, unless they're willing to put in the hard work, you know, they'll find themselves, you know, stuck with, you know, that kind of word of stuck in a comfort zone or having a mediocre life. If they want, you know, life to be easy or take the easy path, what they tend to get is a result that is okay, that gets you by, but you're always left with that inner feeling that something's missing. And, Again, what shines through there is that determination that you had. Like, you know, I'm, it doesn't come natural to me, you know, even you're running. And the thing that, you know, the, the, the anxiety and all those kind of things, you see, I, that's something I'd like to kind of delve into a little bit because in many cases, anxiety has, you know, it's got many causes, right? But um, where did you find that your, you know, your anxiousness or that sort of, nervousness or where, where did that sort of you know come from in essence with you um i know that you you were did it come from that kind of black sheep kind of mentality of feeling different or was it just um where did that form when did you notice that that was something that you kind of fell into no i mean i don't think i ever recognized it as you know the label anxiety through my earlier childhood years I don't think you know I, I was that aware at that age of, it, of what all that meant but I think definitely as a mother and a wife navigating the pandemic um navigating family life and my family adapted to the pandemic home working full-time uh in isolation and homeschooling two very different academically able children um you know, not only was I trying to navigate my own journey through the pandemic, but also trying to navigate theirs. And my son in particular struggled massively with that. He, yeah, he really, really struggled. And 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 as a result of that, it kind of led to challenges that led us to an ADHD diagnosis. And I think through all of those challenges that society went through, not only was there anxiety, but there was always stress. There was also stress. There was, you know, depression as well. I mean, I talked about businesses and the highs and the lows, you know, of life as well as business. Um, and I think they, they can be intertwined some of the time, these things. Um, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I know I did. I had this idea of perfectionism and what success looked like and, and what doing okay looked like. And sometimes when it didn't feel or turn out the way I'd expected I'd, I'd feel really really disappointed but I'd kind of blame myself almost like I'd made the wrong choice or I'd I'd had faith in something I shouldn't have like I was naive and yeah I think it's very much comes down to maybe the way I I don't know I mean maybe the way that I responded and approached those situations and the way I interpreted them as well as I say is something maybe that I'd done wrong so I became really anxious about that and then I'd be 
unsure about next time an opportunity came up you know oh what's the right decision what's the wrong decision and yeah that's something that I think business and all these journeys you know they teach you the power of finding strength finding your confidence being determined having that resilience and as you said before resourcefulness as well to always find a way you know there is no problem there's only an opportunity to find a solution so it does really teach you the highs and the lows to pick yourself back up to dust yourself down to give it another shot and not give up for good um yeah 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 there's a lot to unpick with that response there actually because it's you know we've come back sort of full circle to that resourcefulness and determination and i think it's fair to say that in today's society like you you, you touched on there with you know with a pandemic and everything that affected so many different people and with the worries anxieties that you were having there and from what you've alluded to back in the past not finding things easy to achieve etc I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of being swamped with with the anxiety with stress with with being able to pick themselves up and to to try again you know and this is something that you've um you've explained to me before i i think we've had conversations before where you've expressed that you you thought you had the ideal job right and then that all collapsed and then you were at this kind of moment of feeling like well you know i, I don't know where i'm supposed to go here like i'm at this sort of weird crossroads and it's so it's where i'm focusing here is when we were at that rock bottom place, you know, um, being someone that has been determined all of your life, what do you think it is in you that gives you that almost de like that determination? Where does it come from to go, no, I am not going to get stuck and to just swan around in misery and just what makes you go, mm. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to try again. What, where does that come from? Where does that spark come from? I think it's probably a little bit of rebelliousness inside of me that that refuses to believe that this is it, that this is all we have, that this is all we're capable of, that this is all that was meant for us. I think I have some greater belief in, I know everyone has, you know, different beliefs of spirituality and, and, and religions and, but I think I just believe there's some bigger purpose for us all and that one day it will all click together and we'll look back and say, ah, that's this is what it was all leading up to. And that is something I'm really passionate about. I really believe in. I can I can't visualize what it is specifically, but I know I know there's always something better ahead. I mean, I mean, just thinking back, I had a bit of a flashback just just then. Um I lost my maternal grandmother when I was quite young and I kind of always felt like I didn't really get to know her as an adult or as a young person. I just knew her as a young child, her being my grandmother. And, um, you know, she she struggled with cancer for years and I kind of, yeah, I felt like there were so many missed and lost opportunities there for me to get to know her and her being taken so young. And I guess part of that is wanting my life not to feel like it's counted you know if I wasn't here anymore I'm not wanting it to feel to my family like she didn't do anything she didn't mean anything I kind of 
I guess I want to leave a bit of meaning and purpose behind for my family and my children. I don't know. It's hard to describe, actually. <laughs> So, so quite a beautiful answer, really, because, um, again, we we talked for the audience. We we talked a little bit, and we gained a little bit of an understanding of roughly the type of things we would like to talk about. But as conversations flow, as we're doing here, the conversation sort of takes on different, a different flavor, I suppose. And digging quite deeply into, you know, what lifts us up, sort of does sort of highlight an aspect there that of others, you know, you're almost in it to sort of summarize that is like leaving a legacy, right? Um, leaving something behind for others, or again, the, the aspect of others seems to, to, to come out there and brings me back to what you said sort of towards the beginning of the, of the interview here, the, you found that inner lioness i think you that was a phrase you used um that came out when it was about others right that that's the thing that turned you from the meek and the mild you know perhaps suffering from anxiety or you know working so hard on yourself to suddenly standing up for others and again coming back to what gave you the determination it was you know there's there's more to life and i want to give something for my family so the effect of others and the drive that you have towards others seems sort of extremely influential there. And I, one thing that I, I think I really want to delve into is what do you think switches on the power inside you when you're focusing on others rather than yourself? Like why, why is it focusing on others seems to give you more power for some reason than um, than just focusing on yourself. Like, you know, some people would just focus on, I just want to earn this amount and I want to be the top of the business and I want to be the strongest or powerfulest or the prettiest or whatever it is. People are very, you know, can be self-focused, but what sort of made you focus on others rather than yourself? It's a good question, actually. Um, and I think it probably, I mean, having been through my own personal coaching journeys as well, I think I've come to realise that actually it's probably always been about the support and empowerment I wish I'd received. You know, when I was young, when I was going through all these trials and tribulations through my life, I guess I've always maybe felt there was a missing part of that empowerment, of that somebody who completely you know, is there as my champion, as my ambassador, as my empowerment. Um, I guess that's what potentially why I've wanted to give give back to others because I've been in pursuit of that possibly my whole life. Um, you know, I mean, I'm very much about, you know, even thinking about the word success. You know, for me, I believe that success is defined by each individual person it looks different to different people and I think you touched on there Adam that sometimes it can be lots of wealth and money and um you know flash cars flash houses jewelry to others it's about time family peace you know um mindfulness you know falling in love with yourself again and appreciating yourself and valuing yourself and for me it's definitely the latter all of us you know would love to have a little bit more wealth, be a bit more comfortable. But for me, I think I've always been in, sh in pursuit of something else, really, something 
something you can't put a price on. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautifully said, really, because um, and for those that are listening to this right now, it, it it's a really important point to just sort of almost pause the podcast and go, you know, what is success to me? You know, like, because it is different for everyone. And quite often, many of us are sort of subconsciously driven towards what we think we should be achieving, you know, for whatever we see on the TV with people smiling and looking nice, being happy that seem to have the the ideal home or the ideal job or lifestyle. And, you know, that gets ingrained into our subconscious. And, you know, maybe many of us are doing what we're doing because our mum or our dad, you know, made us feel like that was the path that we should go down. And whenever we're following someone else's path, it it always feels like something's missing you know and true success is something that is very personal and it's very authentic and this is where i kind of always come back to the authentic self i mean it's one of my mantras or beliefs i suppose that the purpose of life is to be authentic right and unraveling ourselves from not being authentic and following someone else's path or someone else's ambitions they're projecting on us or what life gave to us is I think a big journey. And, you know, you've been through, a, you know, a journey of working through your inner concerns and then building up a business and then shifting that business over. And there's one thing that I kind of wanted to touch on because I, I know you've kind of hinted at it a few times here. And I think it's at the root of your determination as well. This, this sort of empathy you have for other people that felt the same way that that you did, perhaps you know that that kind of that the, to give them the empowerment that you wished you would have had. That again is sort of empathizing with someone else's inner inner journey, and it's my strong belief that. We all go through hardships and difficulties in order to then give the wisdom from those hardships back to others. And, you know, with you suddenly gaining your kind of lioness side when focusing on others, did, did you find that there was a, almost a theme here where that when you wanted to stand up for others, that it was because you could see something of you when you were feeling weak and vulnerable inside them? Would, would you say that resonates? Yeah, that definitely resonates. Yeah, I mean, I'm a full-hearted empath, uh, always been a big feeler, can always read the emotions of others in a room, can almost zone in on them. You know, even if it's a busy, noisy room, I can zone in on the emotions of others. So yeah, I've always been able to read other people's emotions and yeah, really kind of connect to, to where they are emotionally. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it's kind of an interesting point, that one, because uh, people that know my work know that um, spiritually inclined empathic people are an area that I spend a lot of time really honing in on and becoming 
I suppose almost like uh, I'm passionate about those types of people. And you've got mainstream psychology that predominantly showcases almost a, a wisdom that everything we feel is cultivated from our thoughts. And there is a huge amount of strength to that. There's a huge amount of proof to that. And, and there's an autonomous power in the way that if we choose to feel good, we can feel good. And if we say negative things towards, we all know this cycle, we say a negative thing, we have a negative feeling, we, that negative feeling leads to a negative thought and the spiral continues. And that often turns into depression and self-loathing and that kind of thing. But one thing that I have witnessed is contrary to that psychological paradigm of thought is that everyone knows that you can walk into a room and you can just feel something from the room. You, know, you feel a vibration. You just feel that someone is not feeling good. And they, they've not even given you any clues. Like, you know, hardcore psychologists will go, oh, wait a minute, you must have put up on a body language or, you know, a subtle gesture or a word in the room or something. And, you know, but coming from the slightly more spiritual aspect that you've touched on briefly there earlier, well, I suppose briefly in terms of the fact that, you know, there is more to life than, than what we, I suppose, have in the five senses. You, you kind of touched on the aspect that you can feel people, you can feel what's going on in someone. And from my experience, I can acknowledge whereby I can think things and that leads to a feeling both positive and negative. And then it can be stages where I'm just neutral. I'm not, I know I've not thought anything. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm sure plenty of people watching this um, now, sorry, listening to this will kind of acknowledge the stage where suddenly you just get this feeling that just swamps over you. And as at that point, you'll either get someone's face pop into your head or you've walked into a room and you'll just go, Oh, okay. I think there's a, there's been an argument in or someone's grumpy, et cetera. And then you end up talking, you figure out that that is actually what's, what's happened. And from my perspective, for those that have been following my previous episodes, this comes from the energetic layer of the body, right? So we're, we're used to the mind being our thoughts and the thoughts influence the feelings. And then we've got that physical body. And then we've got the energetic body, which is the aura that stretches out from us and affects everyone else around us on an energetic level, much like tuning in a Wi-Fi code on your phone and then picking up these signals. And we're all like that. We're all kind of like empathic sort of Wi-Fi devices that connect in with each other. And this is one of the things that empaths sort of have, I believe, naturally unlocked in, in themselves. And to kind of paraphrase something that you said earlier is that you had this kind of anxiousness in essence, but you could sort of read the room in many ways, but you've also felt like the black sheep. And there's one mainstream psychological avenue that suggests that when you feel like that you're the black sheep, you're almost trying to fit in all the time. 
And so you're trying to read for cues and that that anxiousness is is kind of triggered from feeling an outcast that's trying desperately to fit in, to read the subtext, to try to figure out how to, to, to get involved. And that not feeling sort of part of a group almost trains that way of thinking to try to assess social safety by being, you know, highly acute at reading signals. But I believe that it's not just the psychological aspect that's trained there. You see, it's there's only a certain amount that we can read losing the using deduction and reading body language. I feel what happens when people feel outcast and trying to fit in is that they they learn to activate that intuit in sorry, the intuition, right? That intuitive feel that uses the energetic body, it tries to feel itself around it. It tries to feel things before they happen, right? And most empaths or people that suffered from anxiety or worry or stress will acknowledge that process of being in a room or in and around siblings or parents or upbringings where that they're trying their hardest to avoid feeling a negative energy, right? That, um, because empaths feel an awful lot. They feel very strongly. And so when someone's about to have an outburst of anger or frustration, they want to try to not feel that as best as they possibly can. So if they can feel the the kind of the ebb before the explosion and kind of get in there and, and help sort of soften it out and iron it out, that's what empaths do. And so they spend so much of their time feeling the the wave before the explosion, so to speak, that subtle ebb and flow. And that's what I feel that there's a lot, there's a lot of people that train themselves to actually hone their intuitive empathic senses. It's not mind at all. It's a feel state. And I've talked on there as I, as you know, I can, I can talk, I get quite passionate about this, but you know, would you say what I've, what I've, talked about there resonates with you with your experience 100 adam absolutely i mean everything you were saying there is like you're reading my mind um i've always been led by my feelings uh more so than logic obviously logic always plays a part but predominantly always by feelings i've always felt that i've intuitively navigated situations conversations uh, my decisions especially through business it's you know, I, I've really embraced the opportunity to make that business journey and evolution uh, around my intuition and my feelings, you know, and I think our instincts say a lot, you know, in terms of if we're at a crossroads and, and we have different decisions, it's not necessarily a case of right or wrong, you know, because everybody can make either way work. But I guess it's about intuitively what your gut says, what feels like the right way, what feels like your way. And then it's kind of navigating that really, but absolutely intuition, empathy, um, and feeling are definitely huge dominators in, in my journey. Yeah. I love what you said there about what feels like your way. That's really key. Really key. That's like, a, that's like a, something I need to write down. What feels like your way? Because for those of you listening to this, you know, write that down. What feels like your way? Because um, so many empathic people feel what 
leads to what I, that can sometimes turn into like an efficiency paradigm of existence. Like you're kind of treading water, trying to prevent yourself from experiencing a, an emotion from someone else. And you spend a lot of time wrapping your identity around being, you know, putting out fires, emotional fires, so to speak. You know, like, uh, I'll try and stop that person from getting upset and all this person's upset or that one's going to do it. And you're sitting there being this caretaker, people pleaser type type uh, role. And what, I, what I'm kind of interested in there is like, what feels like your way? That can sometimes almost take you away from other people's feelings, right? It, it takes, you know, being, being a empathic carer, you naturally gain your drive from wanting to help people. Like you've mentioned, wanting to care for other people that have been in your journey of being in a dark place and perhaps not knowing how to see through to the other side, right? And you have great empathy for that. But in order for you to detach from, let's just say being, let's just say distracted by everyone's feelings around you and focusing your empathy like a laser beam in a way onto the people that you directly want to help what would you say is key to that because it's your feeling your way to your path in a way and it's purely because i've talked to lots of empathic people that tend to get lost in others feelings all the time and being sensitive and empathic can easily lead you down the path of, you know, putting up fires. So what would you say has been like a key aspect here of being able to focus on like, like a laser beam on this is where I want to put my empathic care? You know, has, has there been anything? I am throwing this question at you out of the blue. So, um, you know, if you don't have a correct answer, just give it your best shot. But What's your instinctual response to that question? I think again, it comes down to that feeling. It, it's kind of almost like something within you takes over, and yeah, it's like this maybe this energy, this this energy and this force within you almost kind of just wants to just gravitates towards that thing or that person or that situation um it's really hard to put it into words because I guess it does come down to the feeling as I say a feeling or energy um it's something that kind of just happens I can't really explain it but um yeah I'm just I guess I'm just drawn to wanting others to realize their full potential feel empowered realize how brilliant they are by being them you know, whether that's vulnerable or their most confident selves. Um, I'm just really drawn to that mission, really, to really empower others to be the best they can be. And again, maybe that does come back to my, you know, my journey and maybe not always having that along the way and really, really feeling like that would have propelled me forwards maybe much quicker, but it would have been a much, a much less enjoyable journey, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, I, I love the analogy of um, if you're reading a book or watching a film, right? There's the, uh, being an ex-teacher here, there's the story mountain, right? And at the top of the story mountain is the challenge, okay? And, you know, 
to take this to a slightly more spiritual perspective, your soul chose this lifetime. It chose its challenges. It chose its difficulties. And it did it for a reason, to learn, to grow, to give something specifically. And what I would say here is just kind of bringing it sort of back to the point here is that all those pains and difficulties that you went through specifically have given you an ability to sense those acutely in others. I think that I think everyone else listening to this can probably relate to the fact that the second that you talk to someone that is, go that is going through something you've experienced, you can feel it so strongly. You know the ins and outs of what they're feeling. You've been there and you've come out the other side. And yes, people can have sympathy for other people, right? But to truly have been there, walked in their shoes, that's something entirely different. And when you talk to someone that's been in the place that you've been in, there is something far more powerful about the transformational help that you can offer that person than someone that's read how to get out of that situation in a book. It just, it just doesn't have the same thing. It doesn't have the same effect. And this is where I, I kind of boil down to my governing philosophy that I found sort of supported is that all through life, we tend to have hardships that, you know, arguably we've chosen and that they tend to come from our soul, our choice on the inside that we've chosen these hardships. And I'm kind of throwing in the soul there because as you know, I'm a soul growth coach. So I help people to connect to that soul. And even though you you didn't think it was a, a good reply, right? But you just said it feels like there's just this energy, this feeling that came up from the inside, right? It just took over. And that's a brilliant explanation of it. When we connect to the energy of our soul, right, we go beyond comfort and sating our in-the-moment desires, like, oh, I feel a bit tired or I, I don't feel entertained and, you know, it goes to like a beating passion right, that comes from the inside somewhere. Like it's difficult to quantify because it's an it's a it's an internal feeling that's like a drive that just sort of kicks you up into another gear. And that the drive of the soul, I find, is to that does two things: it's to grow into, I suppose, a better version of the self, but not for ego purposes is never really egocentric it's ethnocentric or world centric it's it's to grow in order to give more right that's that's the thing that that the soul wants to do more than anything is to get more skillful so it can then help others with love and the best way that we can help others is specifically through the hardships that we have gone through and i 100% 100% believe that all of our hardships that we're going through are gifts. They're skill sets that we're developing. And in a weird way, if we can become grateful that we are currently going through a difficult stage, to know that this is going to be a skill, you know, a resource that we can use to help others when we figured out our way through. And this is where I believe every single person on this planet has a gift to give to this world. 
you know that and essentially i believe this is forged through hardship and that's where i i kind of wanted to throw this back over to you to kind of go well where do you feel your gift so what do you feel your gift to the world is that that you've formulated through your hardships yeah i'd say so i've been thinking about this actually during this conversation and I think my gift would be the reassurance and the knowledge that, especially in business, you know, there is no business without heart and there is no business without you. You know, the raw, vulnerable, beautiful you. Um, that would be my gift to the world, I think. Just that reassurance and that knowledge that just be you through your business, be you through your day-to-day. -day. You know, there's no magic kind of formula other than being you people buy from people it's all about the know the like and the trust and that's one thing that has been the silver thread I think between all of my business and entrepreneurial experiences has been that I've just been me I've, I've we've talked about the empathy the intuition the you know the soul growth wanting to to grow to give more and that's definitely been you know, the epitome of every single experience I've had in business. It's the giving more, the doing more, always wanting to be better, to grow um, and to give more. And I think for me, that is the secret of, of my success. And yeah, the, the gift to give to others is just to be you um, and lead your business with heart. Beautiful. That's what a wonderful summary that I really like that actually just be you and give the gift of your heart or, you know, I think you actually said it better than I did. That was, that was wonderful actually. And I think, you know, it fits so nicely into becoming or learning to become authentic. And there's, there's this, I'm reading this book at the moment, um, brilliant book for anyone, um, listening to this and it's, um, breaking free from the money game. So it's, it's, a it's an amazing book, but it's, it highlights this, these two phases of life, of the first phase where we, we almost become conditioned to, to believe we're not powerful, right? And then there's the, a certain stage in life where we start to believe that there is more to life than what we've, what we've got. And we start to grow into our authentic self from being, you know, what we have been up to that point, you know, maybe we've thought we always wanted to be a pilot or we always wanted to be an accountant or whatever it is. And we've gone down that path of losing ourselves to something else. And then we come back to, well, there's got to be more to life than this. And that's that moment where we realize we're not truly being our true selves. We're being a role. We're putting a mask on. We're being the accountant or we're being the mum or the dad. And to some degree, that's an important aspect of ourselves. But but these are all roles that we perform. It's not really our true self. And we can argue that none of us can truly be our true selves because we'd be an omnipotent soul. But to get closer on that journey, to grow into that, that soul, that more authentic us, is where we tend to find that life flows for us and we can then give so much to others. And this definitely seems like it's been your journey that you have, you know, become more and more authentic and how you phrase that at the end, that be authentic. There is no business without heart. Um, 
that's a beautiful thing. And again, I've paraphrased that, you know, it's not exactly what you said, but it's pretty much a summary of that. And I suppose for people listening to you and going, you know what, I, I resonate with her, I resonate with her journey. And maybe they're wanting a bit of a, a business coach, perhaps, you know, uh, if they wanted to get hold of you or, you know, how could they do that? And, and also what kind of services do you offer for those that, you know, feel like they resonate with you? Well, thanks, Adam. Yeah, so I um, run a mixture of coaching and then I have coaching and mentoring programs um, to support others in navigating their way, overcoming the overwhelm, gaining clarity and confidence in their journey as well, um, as well as giving them, you know, defined action list and, and holding them accountable for those actions so we get them to where they want to be from where they are now. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook um, at Sarah Olson Coach. Um, and my website is saraholson.uk. So nice and easy. Um, I'd be more than happy to have a complimentary virtual coffee with anyone who's just exploring really what their next journey, where their next journey is going to take them. They'll be in wonderful, safe hands. This has been a, a, a really beautiful first interview actually and it has gone off on a bit of a uh different tangents because we we did before this before recording this have a few little bullet points of a few things that we'd want to touch on but um as with all the best chats it's kind of uh, gone down its unique path and i think it's been lovely i'm looking forward i think we're going to need to have another one of these you know, perhaps a little while down the line where both of our lives have changed and have grown and we can catch up and have a few more reflective thoughts and another deep dive into, you know, what is empathy? What is the soul's passion? And um, maybe it would be good for us to actually have a bit of a an open-ended chat on time on here about, you know, spirituality in many different ways as well. But uh, that's something for us to discuss and entice the audience, essentially, to go tune in for the next one. But for now, this has been the wonderful Sarah Olson and myself, Adam Leonard. Hope to hear from you on the next episode. Thank you for listening, but please remember, the content of this podcast is here for inspiration and education and does not qualify as professional advice. If you have any questions, please visit www.soulgrowthadventures.com. That said, I hope you have enjoyed our journey together. And to conclude, let's set an intention to love, respect and empower ourselves and those around us. Adam Leonard, signing off.